Interrupt. Interrupt. Space Station Copernica to all units in vicinity of Terra Sector. Krynos Nebula Galilea System. All. Space Mayday Vi Intergal Comnet. Starliner X-Ray 370 lost in solar. One shuttle detached. Ability survivor Reward 3,000 mega credits. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. The greater good. This is episode like, 200. I can't hear anything other than music. It's really loud. Sorry, you can't hear me at all. Oh, there you are. There. I mean, <laughs> you were there. You were there. It was just really, really, really loud, loud in your ears. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll have to do nothing about that. Um, <laughs> this is episode 222, <laughs> and tonight we're talking about Space Hunter and the Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. I said all of those words, and that is accurate. And that um, is a long title. That's a lot of black letters to put on the marquee. It, it, it really is. They probably ran out of a lot of them. Um, yeah. I mean, how many? They weren't. They weren't digital back then. This no. was, you know, somebody had to hand put those up there. Yeah, somebody yeah, had to throw a few red in there. Yeah, somebody had to go find a Z somewhere, and they turned over some numbers yeah. to kind of look like letters, and yep. yeah, yeah, upside down W's, yeah. yeah, things like that. So, yeah, 1983, <laughs> Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Um, this is that thing, and I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight. Is Andrew kicking it always works, Jimison? What's up, you scrawny earthbag? <laughs> uh, oh, Molly Ringwald. If uh, only yeah. you we'll weren't get to that. awful in this movie. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. And Sam, <laughs> I'm really glad I bought you the t shirt, Vector. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um,. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's so many different ways to die in this movie. It's hard to pick an exact one to put you into. Okay. But I think the most fun would definitely be the little death, uh, the death trap at the very end where you had to to jump over some very rubbery uh, metallic objects. And uh, oh, in the maze. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's so. I'm, 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 whatever. And there wasn't like a good seat in the house to watch that. No, oh, I know. There was a lot of obstacles and obstructions and and. Um... It's really strange. Yeah, I mean, really, the only person that had a good spot was the overdog, and that's because his little articulating arm person could kind of move him around. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, he he's like the least scary bad guy I've ever seen. Just walk behind him. <laughs> you know what I'm Run saying? The other just, way. But he had gigantic robot hands he and did, arms. And that shot missiles. Um, yeah. But, so, yeah, and he, he had a very resonating... Um, uh, amplified voice. Yeah, so. he, he did have that. And metal teeth. Yeah. But. And he was in uh, Starship Troopers. He so. was, yeah. That's Michael Ironsides. Yeah. He yeah. Was, Didn't uh, he have a, a metal arm in that as well? He did. He lost his arm due to the, the first fight with something. And so yeah. he came back with a metal arm. Yeah. So maybe this is like years into the future. Or something. Yeah. Or past. Or I don't know. Yeah. Um, Ironside is great. He's a, he's always he's often not a bad guy, but just a hard ass. Like every like we need somebody to be a hard ass. Yeah, you don't see him in many uh, romantic interest movies. No, no you don't. <laughs> Unless he's the hard ass father that you have to. Although he he did have uh he did have romantic interests in this movie. Yeah, which is weird and crazy. Freaking creepy. The only so. the only movie things I can remember Michael Ironside's from other than the Bug movie was yeah. He took over for um, Roy Schneider in 
Sequest DSV. Mm. Yeah, there you go. That's right. There's there's a short-lived nice. sci-fi episode or movie or TV show. I can't talk. Wasn't that supposed to be Star Trek in the Ocean? Basically, it was Star Trek in the Ocean. I mean, they got Jonathan Brandis. So they had your kid, your, your genius kid, right, to mimic yeah. Will Wheaton. You had a a talking dolphin so that we have to have you know an animal kind of a thing. Because you can't have aliens. Right, yeah. So we have to have a talking dolphin. Um, we're going to go pet a dolphin. No, we're going to go eat a dolphin. No, we're going to go pet a dolphin. Yeah, we're going to go pet a dolphin. Um, Great, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he took over for Roy Schneider for some reason. I don't know why. I can't remember. Why do I keep getting Roy Schneider and Rob Schneider mixed up? Yeah, one's funny and one's not. Yeah, right? Yeah. So I keep thinking, you know, you can do it yeah, underwater. He's not, he's not, yeah, he's not the captain of the, <laughs> the world's most powerful submarine. And, yeah. <laughs> I liked that movie. I re- that TV show. I don't want to keep calling it a movie. I liked that show. I, I, yeah. I remember thinking it was really cool. And I, thought, I remember it being different, and that's what I liked. I liked something you didn't, you know, it wasn't just a lawyer, doctor TV show. Yeah. No, Lawyer, doctor, cop TV show, I guess. Yeah, yeah. In the, yeah. Uh, Sequest 2032 was the original. Oh, the original title was DSV, um, Deep Submerged Vehicle. And yeah, Jonathan Brandis. Ted, oh, he was Ted, great in Apocalypse Now. Ted Raimi was in it. Sam Raimi's brother. Um, really? Yeah. It only lasted three seasons, though. But anyway, that was longer fun. than uh, Firefly. It did make it longer than Firefly. Thank you. Frank Welker did the special voice effects. That's kind of cool. Uh, Frank Welker as in um, Optimus Prime. Really? Yeah. Oh. And Was he the voice of the dolphin? No. Um, who was the voice of the dolphin? I know we're way off. I was going to say we're going to the deep end. Yeah, literally. Literally in the deep That's end. Fun. I'm trying to see who was the voice of the dolphin. I can't remember the, the dolphin's name. They call him Flipper. No. Flipper. Darwin. Well, oh, it Darwin just it literally says Darwin. Yeah. Like, as himself. The dolphin was himself. <laughs> Dar- Darwin is an actor known for Sequest 2032. See full bio. Does the dolphin have a bio page? <laughs> Darwin, while starring, sharing credits with the regular cast members is actually a mechanical dolphin created by Edge Innovations. His human vocalizations were performed by Frank Welker. Yeah, it was Frank Welker. Nice. That's great. Optimus Prime did a dolphin. That's fantastic. <laughs> anyway. Well, um, now, now you have baby mechanical dolphins everywhere. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> weird. All right. So anyway, um, back to <laughs> Space Hunter. Uh, I got a feeling we're going to tangent a lot on this. Oh, this, good um, God, yes. Because this show was so bad, or this movie yeah. was really bad, and 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 we all knew it was going in; it was going to be bad. I, I the only yeah. reason why we did this movie is because I was surprised it was streaming first of all, and it's a movie from my youth that, for whatever reason, I thought was really good. Well, and Back, I think that's different because a ten-year-old is going to view this differently than us as, yeah, mature, older. I mean, all the different weird things all the the guns and equipment and robots i mean the old 10 year old sam would have eaten this up yeah and i think that's what it was is like yeah 12 12 10 12 year old me was like hey that spaceship's kind of cool like i didn't care that the rock floating outside his window when we go inside looked really bad yeah i thought this and i might have you know i might have pretended to drive his little souped up jeep thing yeah his his uh the scrambler i remember the scrambler being really cool and and i remember that the big bulldozer thing was really dumb like the snowplow i remember (laughs) thinking why are you having a snowplow on a planet that's a desert i mean that never made sense to me still doesn't all it does is break Um, yeah i mean really fragile i guess when it's the only vehicle yeah i guess um And I remember thinking that the three girls that they kidnapped are really hot. Yeah, um, and the hair. Oh, God, totally. Yeah, that 80s hair. And Molly Ringwald, I thought, was fine. You know, I didn't, I didn't quite realize how annoying she is. Well, here's my... I feel weird with her in this movie. Okay. Because she is supposed to be possibly, like, 
the obviously she's the kid that yeah. needs saving. Yeah. Right. She's not a kid in this movie. Well, she's fifteen though, like in actual life. She's yeah. doing this at fifteen. And, uh, and there's and there's a couple moments where she's a little sexualized. And the dude I was watching this, my, my roommate, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but he was like, ooh, that's kind of, I'm like, dude, she's 15. He's like, okay, never mind. <laughs> but that, maybe that's why. It's that uncomfortable, just, eh. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's dunking her with a white shirt under the water to give her a bath. And I'm like, mm. yeah, the, it's, nowadays, it's, that's, it's, there's, there's words associated with that kind of a thing. Yeah. Although you could always be a Supreme, Supreme Court justice. Yeah, he could. <laughs> The okay. weird part was like, why did he have soap in his belt? Like he was ready for that. Like he woke up, right? Because she, he wakes up and she's like snuggled up next to him because she was cold, right? Because he and he she's apparently smells so bad that that's what woke him up was her smell. And he rolls out of bed and she's like, "What? I was I was cold." And he throws her in that water, which probably is about one degree above freezing, right? Because if she was cold, yeah. it's probably really cold. And he pulls out of his belt pack his his bat belt is friggin' a bottle of shampoo and i thought why would you keep that there it just seemed really dumb I wait mean, I, wait you don't <laughs> no stop it oh uh it made me laugh <laughs> this, everything in this movie made me laugh um and it sucks but like when 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 on the on the what am i trying to say on the surface <laughs> when i say hey i got a i got a sci-fi movie with Peter Strauss, who you've you kind of heard of, everyone's kind of heard of him a little bit. He's in a bunch of TV, and Molly Ringwald and Ernie Hudson and Michael Ironsides. It's got the the film score is done by Elmer Bernstein. I mean, or Bernstein, however you pronounce it. Yeah. I mean, he's actually done like legitimate stuff. Well, and the I thought the practical effects were actually pretty good for '83. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and you know, were... I'd make fun of this movie. You know, if it was made even, you know, any later than 87, 88. But I liked the, the, the way it looked. Well, I was comparing the the budget to the first Star Wars. And the budget for the first Star Wars was not as much as they budgeted for this film. If that gives you any huh. indication yeah. of special effects. Yeah, I mean... But again, budget isn't everything. I mean, the, the, the people. I also think Star Wars used their budget a lot. Well, they they used their budget. Wiser, I yeah, guess you they did. They also had, um, <laughs> the best minds in the industry working on it. Like they spent yeah. their budget better. Yeah. You know, I mean, to to get Industrial Light and Magic, which at the time was just this small kind of fledgling company, but. These are like MIT people, um, right. kind of doing stuff. So, and it was just you know obviously there's a lot of stuff in Star Wars that just kind of works better. I mean we all know that those are plastic starships, like we know that. But for whatever reason, it they, they do something in sound design edit. I don't know what that makes them seem bigger and yep. massive and real and not plastic. Yeah, and in this movie it looked plastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. you can tell it's plastic with some. With stuff painted over it, like the 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 cruise ship at the beginning with the thing that was looping through, and yeah, the really bad painted background that for some reason disappeared when the ship blew up. Like, did that ship blow up the binary stars it was looking at? I thought that was. Oh um, yeah, man! Yeah, it was. It was that was in, in that quadrant. It was a, it was a sight to behold. Yeah, I'm sure. And the and then you jump into your pod. And does it like cry like it like sealed them into this weird stuff, like I, I that, that always kind of seems strange too that it had time to do that while you're flying in space. I don't know, maybe, <laughs> um, whatever. Uh, but I mean, some of the practical effects were were okay. I mean, yes, when he put on his little rocket attachment at the end of the movie, which I thought, man, that would have been handy way earlier in the movie. But, <laughs> um, you could see the string that was about to pull the rocket. That the yeah. rocket was going to guide on, you could see the string. Um, yeah. But this was a time of film where you could literally hide things in plain in sight on film because film did not have the high res quality. Um, yeah. There's even there's several moments in Star Trek and Star Trek Six. I mean, this is the sixth movie of a successful franchise that you could still see strings on, 
on the Blu-ray conversion because it was never meant for Blu-ray. They didn't know that it was going to be a thing so that you could hide string on film. And, and they had, you know, VHS release and they knew about that in, in 96. So, you know, they were like, well, the fidelity of a TV and a VCR is not that great. So we can have strings in the middle of the shot and it won't matter. And then I watched it on my Blu-ray. I'm like, oh, wow, there's the strings. <laughs> and there's the well, strings. we saw that in, uh, what was it, last week or the week before? What was the weird one? Um, Buckaroo the... Banzai? No, not by... Well, I'm sure there wasn't there, but the floating drones. Um, oh, Runaway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. So anyway, the practical <laughs> effects were fine. Um so this you okay Andrew oh yeah sorry no you're fine so this movie I forgot my microphone was sitting on this table that I'm messing around with um this movie fully admits that it's trying to gain its ability what's the word I'm looking at? it's trying to make money off of Star Wars yeah, and they don't. Oh, yeah. Get, and to they, me, it was like Indiana Jones meets Star Wars. Okay, yep. I see what you're saying. Yep. There. Totally agree. And what I mean by that is, and you're ta- you're talking about like the f- style and the feel. I'm talking about practically in the fact that they released this movie a week before the Return of the Jedi, oh, yeah. literally hoping people would not know the difference. Really? They would just see a space movie and go watch it. Because of the hype of the Return of Jedi was so big in 1983, they're like, "Well, we'll release it." They were literally hoping that that one week's release would bankroll the, with the film, and it did. They made 15 million dollars in a week, basically. Uh, um, uh, suckers. Yeah, a little bit, and so anyway, opening weekend it made seven million dollars. It had an operational budget of 14. It grossed 16 million bucks. So. It made, then the next week, people went to see Return of the Jedi, and they were like, oh, what's that crap we watched last week? <laughs> yeah, that might not be terrible. <laughs> but they, they did that on purpose, and that, that's just crazy to me. So, and I, I, I'm going to go ahead and skip, because we're talking, we're here, and I'm going to go ahead and skip part of the, basically the only bit of trivia that I actually wrote down. So I'm, I know I'm, I'm going to go way ahead, so I'm going to go ahead and play this. And now for some more bad news. Ready? Um... But we're, we're here talking about Star Wars. Ernie Hudson was cast as Washington due to his re- resemblance to Lando Calrissian. <laughs> this Wait. Is, seriously. Are they not saying that... Uh, they're, they're saying that black guys look alike. That's exactly look alike, right. yeah. Because Ernie Hudson yeah. looks nothing like Billy Dee Williams. No. I mean, no. Not, just forget the fact that Ernie Hudson has got a shaved head and Billy Dee Williams has a, a killer mustache and... Oh, that's sexy, sexy ways. Right, like Ernie Hudson was in Ghostbusters, or would be in Ghostbusters. I don't know, I just... And Ernie Hudson's like a big, strong-looking dude. Like, he looks like he can beat the hell out of you. Whereas, you know, Billy D. Williams just looks like a dude that wants to offer you a cocktail. Yeah. (laughs) I'd take it. (laughs) Sure, I don't drink and I'd take it, because he's a sexy man. Um, that's literally the only piece of trivia I wrote down because the rest of it was basically talking about how much it was trying to knock off of Star Wars, <laughs> trying to bank off Star Wars. There were so many of those back in the 70s and 80s, though. Yeah. Well, we I did mean, one for the 50th episode. Of them now. Yeah. Star Crash. Yeah. 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 And, and, and to be fair, I mean, Star Wars was not the first of its genre, right? I mean, uh, Buck Rogers had been around a long time. I mean, there's there's... There are other sci-fi movies that have been out. Just Star Wars, just it worked. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it just kind of became, of that type of genre, the most successful. Obviously, Star Trek had been around for nearly a decade. Yeah. When, and no one really liked it. So yeah, stop it. Star Wars came around and <laughs> and really put space on the map. Well, they put space movies on the map definitely because you know Star Trek was just episodic TV. So I, I actually will concede that. You're, you're not wrong. And, and it took to the second movie for Star Wars, to Star Trek to make a good movie. So, um, <laughs> Anyway, I, I also laughed at... Um, did it? I, I haven't looked, and I should, but I didn't. But I'm going to. 
the the guy that's leaving like he's he's getting like a voicemail or like a like a, a recorded message of like oh your landlord's gonna kick you out and you owe your 105 parking tickets like we we're spaced and we still have parking tickets anyway that's didn't that, that sound like egon from Ghost oh it was was it was it harold ramus yeah i read that in the trivia I missed that somehow. Oh, look, Harold Ramis in the cast, voice of Intercom, uncredited. So we've got nice. half of Ghostbusters in this movie. Yeah. Um, that's just funny. Well, you know, I, I don't know that. I don't know that this was trying to be serious or not. Oh, that's because he Ivan Reitman was a producer. That's why. Okay, sorry. I mean, on. there were several comedians attached to it. You know, Harold Ramis and Ernie Hudson. They're they're known for. Your comedy, yeah. But to me, this it was this movie is one that couldn't figure out what it wanted to be mm-hmm. because at times I felt like it wanted to be a serious space movie, like Star Wars, and then at times I felt like it was trying to make fun of itself or trying to mm-hmm. be a little bit of a, a space comedy. But well, and, and the actor, I... the main actor, to me, was just so bad yeah. that nothing really was that funny. I totally, totally agree, and I think that's what Star Wars got right, where the characters were relatable, and, mm-hmm. you know, certainly Mark Hamill was annoying in the first one, but then you've got uh, Harrison Ford, who totally wins it back as, you know, as whoever this guy's trying to be. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is Pete? Sorry. I'm I'm going down a rabbit hole. I'm looking at the cast, and the guy that played the chemist was in Billy Madison, the 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 Adam Sandler thing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, I think you're I think you're both very right about like not knowing what the hell it wanted to be. Um, like the the movie sets up as if it's going to be a like a series, right? They were going to make a bunch of these, you know. Yeah. He's he's got Marley Ringwald, and the nature of that relationship is a little weird. Um, but I guess they're going to go trekking around the universe, solving things or whatever. Uh, I don't know, but um, they thought they were going to have a franchise out of this, and clearly not. Um, and fortunately, there was nothing in the trivia about wanting to do a sequel. Um, <laughs> That would have been devastating. Uh, but, I mean, the movie is a video game, right? Like, here's your mission. So then you have your, your first level is the train. And then they have to go to the second level, and that's where he meets his sidekick. And then go to the third level. Like, like literally every scene of the movie is, here's a challenge. Then we must either overcome it or leave it. Just escape. Right? Can we talk about the train for a moment? Okay. I was really bothered. With the sails? Because what the hell are sails going to do for a train? I don't know. (laughs) If anything, they're going to slow it down. Uh, I don't know. And I saw that and I literally like rolled my eyes out loud. I thought it was just a a means of locomotion. And no pun intended. (laughs) No, seriously. What did? Well... I, I, don't, I don't know what you're saying. Are you saying that the sails were... The sails were pushing the train. You think... Well, he... he really? You think so? I mean, that's... Yeah. That, there must be some gnarly wind to pull, to push that much steel. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're Not talking... Not to mention, if you had to uh, tack against the wind, it wouldn't work very well. Yeah, I think... I, I think they just thought it would look cool to have... Let's let's yeah. make some let's mash something up because you never saw an engine. There was no, no. locomotive. When um, was Mad Max? Because oh. that this a lot of this remind me a little Mad Max as well. I don't know. I think about the same time. But it was. I want to say it was in the eighties. Nineteen seventy nine was the first one. Oh, so they they might have gotten some inspiration off of that as yeah, well. Yeah, and then the next one was eighty one. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then the next one was eighty five. Yeah, and then Mad Max: The Wasteland has already been announced, starring Tom Hardy. Nice, George Miller. And uh, it's only been cast as uh, Tom Hardy's the only your only cast member. 
because they're on. Uh, apparently, they did not get along. Really? On set, yes. Well, you you put a big thing on my face. Yeah. And strap me to the front of a car. I'd be pissed too. Make me a blood donor for uh, the guy that would play Beast. Dude, that was such a good movie. It was a good movie. I, I, I saw love Fury Road I, for for entertainment only. That is just awesome. I, um, yeah, no, I liked it, and I heard, and I, I've I've heard uh, people use the phrase that the new Mission Impossible movie is the best action flick since Fury Road. Really, in the sense of the practical effects and things like that. So I haven't seen it yet. So. I haven't either, and I really wanted to. I just didn't get a chance to. Yeah. Or haven't had a chance to, I should say. Anyway, um, yeah, the movie can't make up its mind what it wants to be. It's, I mean, yeah, it sucks. I mean, that's that's not. It's hard not. <laughs> but it, it's, I don't know. It, it's it's almost so bad that it's hard to have a good time with it. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes I was just laughing. And because I was watching it with one of my, my, my roommate from the trip, like I was, I was, we were, we were laughing, having a good time and, um, just, just the ridiculousness of stuff. And like, does the overdog like still have a wiener in there? Like, is he, <laughs> is he getting off on watching his minions undress the girls? Like, yeah. What was up with that? Why? Like, can, does he undress them with his claw hands? It just, uh, I never understood the point of it. Yeah. Because like, because the, the chemist is doing this funny little monologue, which I captured where he's like, make sure they have no scars. I don't, they're, they're, the girls are much more, they're better. Overlord, Overlord doesn't like it when they have scars. And I'm like, what, what does he matter? What does it matter? Like he's not, he can't do anything with them. He's, you it's know, kind, it's kind of like Edward Scissorhands really. A little bit. If, uh, if, right? if Edward Scissorhands also had scissor waist and legs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I, I mean, part of me wonders, like, the people that, okay, anytime you have a big bad, there's always, like, followers. Minions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I were a minion for this guy, I would just go and plug him and then be like, okay, I'm in charge now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you're not, you're not wrong. Um. And usually, like your when you have your big bad, then you have at least one sub boss that's actually difficult to beat. And the chemist, all he did was like squeeze a bag of milk on him, and he died or something. Like <laughs> he seemed, he seemed easy to kill. I mean, I, everything in this movie was easy to kill. Even the yeah. the 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 vehicle of death that's pushing you through the maze took one rocket and it was dead. Um, from his little rocket gun thing, which was still kind of cool. Um, but again, something an eight year old, a 10 year old would be like, Ooh. yeah, I mean, those bullets look like nerf, like total nerf. They really did. But, or, or maybe shaved carrots or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay. Question. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned, I forgot what movie it was. You mentioned this about, uh, oh, it was, uh, the Tom Selleck thing. Um, run away, run away. Run away. Yeah. yeah. Send in the floater. So with the movie poster, he was holding the bad guy's gun. Mm-hmm. In this poster, Molly Ringwald is holding a gun. Did she ever shoot a gun in this movie? No. No? No. When would she have shot a gun? I don't know. She she's never, holding she, a gun. Like yeah. they're standing back to back and they're both holding guns. Oh, yeah, look at oh that. like she's an equal. Yeah. That sounds like uh, uh, straight out of the contract type of deal there. She's not even wearing in this movie the, the outfit she's wearing in that. No. I think that's another Photoshop job, Sam. Oh, really? Look, like, look at it. It doesn't look like. Hold on. Like nothing she's wearing in that shot is anything that she wears in this movie at all. She's wearing a big necklace with a, a hoop. She's Does she wearing... have a draft neck? No, it's not a draft neck, but it doesn't look like it was originally her. Like they cast someone else to do the photo, and then they then they cast her or something. Like he's got one of his um, rocket bullet, his carrot bullets in there. Michael Ironside is oh gosh dog. yeah Man. of course this is this is pre uh, Photoshop but that would be real easy to Photoshop because it's a clean cut around her neck yeah that's probably not even her hand 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't look like it. I'm looking at some of the other production skills. I just, I don't know. There's something about that that's just weirding me out. Because, again, <laughs> I don't, like, there's no gun in the movie that looks like that. There's no prop in the movie that is that gun that no. she's holding. It looks like it's a, like a uh, double barrel piston? Pistol? Yeah. It, it kind of looks like uh, one of those tasers that the cops use today. Yeah. Okay. Maybe yeah, that's I'm, where they go. I'm, I'm scrolling through pictures like production stills from the movie. And there's, again, there's a lot of scenes with Molly Ringwald and her. Um, oh, that's a weird one. Look on page 21 of 27 on IMDb. The image is mm. flipped for it yeah. in Spanish. Huh. They literally flipped the image for the DVD release in Spanish or something. Weird. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Anyway, um, yeah. The point is, is that no, you're you're not wrong, Andrew. That 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 goes along with uh, my beef about movie posters lying to us. Did this movie have an f bomb? I can't remember. I don't remember it. I know there was an s. There was a, a shit that was thrown out, but I don't remember if uh, Chicago. Chicago, you're out. Um, Colin Mokri, guard uncredited. Why would you uncredit a guard? That seems kind of mean. He didn't say anything. I guess not. But then he wouldn't be credited anyway. Like it wouldn't matter. Like why put him on IMDb if he didn't? If he doesn't have a line. So another thing, real quick. Yeah. The I read in some of the trivia. This was marketed to be the first film to put you in outer space. Mm -hmm. And this was supposed to be a 3D release. Now, 3D, Uh... back then, we didn't have these nice, clear things now. You had the red and and blue lenses in your glasses. I I never have seen a movie in 3D with those red red and blue glasses. So I don't know how that affects the movie itself. I don't, I don't, having said that, yeah. I don't see much in this movie that would be worth watching in 3D. No. There was a couple of moments where things were pointing at you that made me think, that reminded because I, I read that um, while I was watching the movie. I read the trivia because I didn't care. I normally don't, but I didn't care. <laughs> and, and I remember them saying, like, this was one of four movies released kind of at the same time around with the same studio to kind of, they were really trying to push this 3D idea in the 80s. And this was the first one that they did it. And there's a couple of moments where people are pointing things and sticking things like he's, he, like he moves his claw hands out towards the camera for no reason at one point. And I'm sitting there thinking, I bet you that was for 3D. And there was a couple other moments where, like when he's, he's got the gun on Ernie Hudson and he keeps like poking it at Ernie Hudson, his little rifle gun thingy. I'm like, I bet you that's for the 3D. So, anyway, I still kind of would like to have seen it in 3D. Not gonna lie, it would have been kind of. Fun. I guess maybe in the scene with the maze, with that car, they kept the car or the machine or whatever that was, mm-hmm. like kept coming toward the camera. Yeah, maybe it did. Was... Yeah, maybe some of that kind of stuff too. You're right. I forgot about that. Um, kind of a thing, but. Yeah, anyway. all, the, all the random things swinging in the maze. Yeah, I mean, and let's be honest, that maze looked real dumb. <laughs> Legends of the Hidden Temple did it better. Yeah, and it was probably more dangerous <laughs> than that. I just, like, even the guy that fell off and into the rubbery-looking metal blades, like, I still kind of feel like it wouldn't be enough to... Like, I almost feel like, because he fell so gingerly onto it, like, I just almost feel like it would just, like, cut you. Like, you wouldn't die. And then when they, like, when Molly Ringwald's there and the camera, like, zooms in on the blades, like, wow, they cleaned them blades clean. Like, they must have bleached them and everything. Because <laughs> uh, there was no... They don't want you to get tetanus or... Yeah, they don't... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Any diseases. We don't want things to... It was the 80s. It was the 80s. You're not wrong, so... Um, I mean, what else is there to even say about this movie? I just, it's hard. It's, I don't know. Okay. So the train people is kind of how it starts, right? 
Well, no, the movie starts with the... Sh- I mean, on the planet, yeah, it does. On the um, planet, it goes from train people to uh, girl, Ernie Hudson. Um, and two, then, the then does guy- it go to the people in the water? Well, we meet Ernie Hudson, and then he... Yeah, then they leave, and they go to the underwater place, and then they escape. No, no, no. Before the um, water people were the fat people, the fat the suit fat people, people that okay. weird me out. Like they make this weird groaning noise. It kind of reminded me of the Babadook or something. And um, some that they would normally make, though. Uh, like it was being, being a fat person myself. That's uh, relatable. <laughs> like I don't know why, but for some reason that scene always grossed me out as a kid, and I must have pushed it out of my mind because it was so kind of whatever. I thought that was great in terms of of the practical effects. Yeah. In ter- I just I thought that was they did a really good job with the fat people cuz normally I wouldn't care but it's it's pretty cool. Did you guys see either of you see the movie um Nothing but Trouble? Chevy Chase and Demi Moore mm-hmm. back in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, and it, those fat suit guys reminded me of Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd with the penis nose? With the, No, with the, uh, well, yeah, that and the, uh, <laughs> where he played the big kids, the big twin babies that lived in the junkyard. He, he, I don't played, remember this. he played the twin babies too? Yeah. I don't remember. Well, he played that. one of them. I don't remember that. He, he was the judge. Yeah. But he also played one of the, uh, one of the babies. Yeah, 91, Nothing But Trouble. I think it's actually streaming. Um, this actually might, might... If it's streaming, it might actually be considered com- horror comedy. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's directed by Dan Aykroyd. Um, a businessman and his friends are captured by a sadistic judge and his equally odd family in the backwoods of bizarre... In the backwoods of a bizarre mansion. That's a... What? Family in the backwoods of a bizarre man. Oh, I just realized, Andrew, you haven't done the read yet for this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. John Wesley? Is he... What? Oh, not that John Wesley. Do you want to do it, Andrew, real quick? I mean, now that we're done. Yeah. I mean, now that we're 46 <laughs> minutes into the show? Well, in case people don't know what it is, uh, go back and listen to the last 35 minutes of what we've been talking. No, I'm kidding. John uh, Candy's in it, too. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Three women make an emergency landing on a planet plagued with a fatal disease. How do we know that? I don't know. But they're captured by the dictator Overdog, which kind of sounds like a cartoon character from Nickelodeon in the 90s. Adventurer Wolf goes there to rescue them and meets Nikki, the only Earthling left from a medical expedition. Combining their talents, they try to save the women. She has talents? I don't know that they really combine their talents other than her whining. Well, she yeah. she leads them to the place, right? She um she brainworked how to get there. She's kind of Sacagawea-ish, yeah. Yeah, but didn't she lead them to like all these places where they almost died? Yeah, and that weird like water dragon thing that didn't really seem all that scary, but no. But all the uh, the crazy witch ladies ran away from it. Yeah. You know what I found funny about that scene? Hmm. is they were standing, and it was like knee-deep. Yeah. And then when they... <laughs> they dove in. It was extremely deep. Yeah. There was a yeah. couple of moments where I, the water kind of kept changing depths. Because um, I thought... Because he dove in. I'm like, I hope you know that that's deep, man, because you would have just given yourself a concussion. It's like feet first, first time. Yeah. Come on. Uh, we also haven't mentioned his uh, his... C-3PO. Yeah, his, his lady uh, robot person. Um, his lady robot that apparently uh, did more than just, you know. Yeah, apparently she was his sex bot also. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, man, whatever gets you off in deep space. <laughs> they were like Because they, they make a line in the movie that alludes to it. He's like... He says uh, something about... I'm glad I bought you that nighty or something like. Well, that. he did say that, but there was other times where it was like, like, do you need my services? He's like, no, not this time. I actually need you to fix something or something like that. Like they're they're making it a, 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 a you know they're they're a making reference. A, yeah, like yeah, we bang a lot. Is basically what they're saying. And uh, anyway, it was it was just weird, but like everything in his in his world had like a self destruct. Like she had like he was on a remote 
and she just her face melted and I thought boy that seems kind of dangerous to just kind of keep lying around you know like what if you bumped it and you didn't mean to you know like you guys are doing it and all of a sudden you hit the remote and she starts melting I mean that would be terrifying um and by the way uh engulfing your spaceship in sand probably not the best way to hide it <laughs> just sand <laughs> Like, there's no sand in parts of that ship that probably will never get out. Um, yeah. I mean, we've it's all like been, going to the beach with kids. Oh, exactly. we've all been to the beach. We have we have beach bags that still have sand in it from 1994. I'm just the yeah. crotch of that ship is <laughs> really <laughs> chafing by now. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, I thought that was dumb, but whatever. Um, I also write: Did the space smokers? Because you know, Waterworld space smokers. They snapped their necks, but and it made the crunchy noise of them snapping their necks. Necks, but it just mm-hmm. made them go to sleep for some reason. I thought that was weird. I thought that they had killed them. I did too. Yeah. And then I thought, well, geez, this this rescue mission is going to be short lived. But then they <laughs> then they made that. Oh my gosh, I laughed out loud when they made that that noise when they when the the gliders the jet propelled gliders picked them up. I did. I, <gasps> I should have captured it. It's so bad. Shwink! Or whatever it means. I mean, it was a cartoon. Yeah, it was. It was a cartoon. Um, <laughs> and there was a lot of that in this movie. Like, for example, I have to play this. Example, this happened. They totally freaking stole an R2-D2 sound. Yep. Um, I mean, that, was, that wasn't even... It was blatant. So, I guess maybe there's no patent on R2-D2 sounds, but that was that was blatant. Um, I did write this planet sucks. Um, I uh, and I forgot uh, how I forgot how whiny she is. I said so. There's explosions. Go get the oh a cute girl maze. That's what I wrote. Because I mean, literally, there's. To the, 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 the slave pen, they're under, under attack. Rah, rah, rah. Ooh, a redhead. All right, whatever. That's fine. I guess the guards will take care of it. Let's do the maze. I just, what? Overdog, you kind of suck as an overdog. I, I feel like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just, should we, should, like, some general should have come up and, like, sir, we, we've lost all our slaves. Like, we, we know, and now they're arming themselves. I don't like that word. What, mainframe? No, no, the other word. Slaves, sorry. Prisoners with jobs. Okay, thank you. Sorry, there's your, your Thor Ragnarok uh, quote for the day. <laughs> I watched that again recently. Uh, <laughs> that movie makes me laugh. <laughs> I even watched them in order. I watched Thor and then Black Panther and then Avengers. Nice. And I still freaking cried at oh. I don't feel well, Mr. Stark. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I know it's out on video, but it still made me cry. Like a hungry, angry baby. Like a little bitch. Yep. Kind of. not going to lie. Um, yep. Oh, I forgot to capture his when he's getting electrocuted at the end. He makes a noise like who framed Roger Rabbit. Because <laughs> um, when in the, in the movie, um, when the... When Christopher Lloyd is when he's getting like eaten up, he, his his voice gets all weird and high pitched. Like they, oh, that's right, yeah. They did that in this movie. So, and that like stuff like that just makes me think that they were just going for full on camp. Yeah, you know. But, just, but that, that's it though. I don't think that they wanted to. Yeah, I don't know. It, it just I don't understand movies like this. That it, it's almost like it had two directors. And one of them wanted camp, and one of them wanted a serious film. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think you're not wrong. It just it, like, or arguments in the the writing room or something. Yeah, I don't know. Just because when you look at the the pieces, the founding, the the building block to this movie, it's comedy. Ivan Reitman, you got you got Harold yeah. Ramis, and, and but there's, I just think that they lost track sometimes. They just because I mean even Ghostbusters, which is a comedy. Right, they have some serious moments, but you, you never, for one minute, think that that movie is a serious film. It's always a, a comedy, even when they're talking about the end of the world. In that, and there's a couple of moments there, they still add some brevity while talking about a giant Twinkie and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know. Anyway, 
You ready for some dumb... Cl- oh, tropes I wrote. Warlord creates game of death to amuse himself. Uh, the wait in the car trope, where they don't. Uh, video game trope, which I mentioned earlier, where like you have to kill... You have to you know, go up each layer to kill the, the boss. Again, there was no sub-boss in this movie, though. There, there needed to have been a sub-boss. Uh, and then you kick it to fix it, is the uh, other trope I wrote down. There's more, but that's all. But then you don't really kick it that hard. I mean, she just goes up to the door and kicked the door. When have you ever gone to your garage door and kicked the door to make it work? No, you, you like unplug the, the, the <laughs> chain system. You don't kick the door. The door has nothing to do with it. It's just that was dumb. Maybe there was dirt in it from the last time you had to hide it. Uh, all right, so here we go. Ready for some clippy clips? Yeah. Let's do it. I already played R two. Uh, here is, um, what's her, uh, Molly Ringwald being kind of whiny. What do you think I am, you scrawny nerd bag? I'm a woman, an earther. You better not skiz my home or I'll get my father to split your face. And I got brothers too. That's your father in there. I got news for you. He's been dead for about 10 years. Oh. Well, this is my place anyway, so bone out. Whatever you say, princess. That's all Straight bad. Off of Star Wars. That's all bad. Yeah, anything you want, princess. Yeah. Um, actually, I, didn't th- I haven't thought about that. Uh, so let's talk about the dialogue for just a half a second. Um, it felt like. Now I know they they can't copy a show that would happen twenty years later, but like Firefly uses normal words and they and they kind of change them up a little bit to to make it seem a little different because we're in a different time and, and thing like mm-hmm. that you know in, instead of saying um you know let's let's go to space they say let's take us off world um and and they have they have other little little phrases that they say in the firefly universe that 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 are just a little different right and i think okay. they tried to do that in this movie but I think they went too far. You know what I'm saying? Like, like none of those words she said made sense. You, you, I'm going to skiz out or you better phone out or like it, it went too far in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not, but it, when they kept saying stuff like we brain worked. Yeah. Like, and they, and there was other phrases that they said that kind of bothered me. Well, there's, I don't know. The way the delivery is in Serenity and Firefly versus the delivery, I, I for some reason, Firefly seems more natural. Yeah. But I'm also a huge fan of that. So it's... Uh, but, I don't, but I don't think if you got Nathan Fillion to, said, to say the lines that, that Peter Strauss is saying, it's making them better. I don't think it does. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think... If this was Serenity in 2005 with 2005 technology, this movie still sucks. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I, I, I think this dialogue sucks. Um, anyway, uh, speaking well, of... With different people, I don't think we would have had the same dialogue. Well, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, you also have way different writers, I know. but um, And Nathan Fillion maybe changes some stuff a little bit, but um, I don't know. Here's, uh, here's that creepy chemist. Uh, here's 25 seconds of him. And I thought it was funny because he's on a PA system. Who is he talking to? He's just talking. Like, like no one's actually answering his questions. He's just asking questions that no one can answer or is willing to answer. It just thought it was weird. But anyway. I do hope they're young and soft, but not fat. Young girls are so much nicer to touch. <laughs> Especially if they have no scars. Overdog is put off by scars. Are they missing any limbs? I hate it when they have missing limbs. <laughs> and how was he not, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. They could have done something with him as the uh, underdog. Underdog. You know, <laughs> you know I, I like the name chemist, but like, I think they could have done something with him. Yeah, I think Underdog was already taken. Um, but, like, he didn't do anything as the chemist is the problem. Yeah. Like, we only... Well, we saw the creepy children at the end throw in Molotov cocktails when she said, oh, that's the result of the chemist. But... 
I just, I never felt he was a threat. He was just creepy. I mean, no one in this movie is a legitimate threat. They're all just weird, creepy voyeur people that like to watch stuff. Um, I did like Ernie Hudson here. You know, most people like to stick with something. But you, you're like fly shit on the window. First little breeze that blows and you're gone. That's good. You're becoming a real philosopher. <laughs> I don't know why I feel obligated. Anyone says the word shit on, t- on movies, I feel like I have to... If it's funny, then I have to capture it. This is the only part of the movie, truly the only part, dialogue from the movie I remember before the viewing. Water, water everywhere. And not a drop to drink. What's that? It's a poem. The first poem you learn in high school. What's high school? It's where you should be. It's where you learn things. I don't have to go no place to brain work that that stuff's poison. That's what I just said. And that's clearly in a studio. <laughs> I remembered. I quoted that whole scene. I don't know why I remembered that. That's that that very specific dialogue, but I I totally remembered every bit of it. Most of the movie I had forgotten. Just like like I remember his ship and the truck being kind of cool, and Overdog was mostly like a Darth Vader kind of a thing. Um, but uh, here's some really here's here's um um uh, eight. Wait, I only captured eight seconds. Wow. Okay, eight seconds of bad dialogue. We brainwork to attack the slave pens and free the captives. Then with the guards up taken, we could move for Overdog. It was wrong done. It was wrong done. It was wrong done? It was wrong done. Wrong done. They done wrong done. They done wrong, wrong done. They done wrong done it. They done it wrong done. I think those kids went to McDowell High School. <laughs> <laughs> uh, since I don't have any more trivia, I'm just going to... Excuse me while I whip this out. Kick it over to top three. Well, Sam was so <laughs> delighted by the fat suit that people... Yes. We're doing movies with fat suits. Uh, help us if we actually ever do the Nutty Professor um, or you know any movies that we're about to mention. But um, we're gonna do movies with fat suits. <laughs> so here we go, Andrew. All right. Well, uh, I have an honorable mention because I don't know if this is a fat suit or just CGI, but uh, Dwayne Johnson in Central Intelligence. Oh. oh. Oh, dang it. How did I miss that one? I've not seen it, but I think that's CG. Oh, it's such a funny movie. It is so good. It really is. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with uh, Pure Luck. It's an older movie with Martin Short and Danny Glover. Oh, we get stung, stung by and the bees. Stung by a bee, and uh, <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> number two, Austin Powers with Fat Bastard. Sure. And number one, probably the movie that I laughed at the most uh, and a movie that it's not a great movie, but I literally cried laughing with my family every time we watched it was The Nutty Professor. Yes. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. Uh, Sam. I'm with Andrew a lot of these. My number three is uh, Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder. Um, him, I didn't like as a character, but it, it was a movie with a fat suit in it, he and a, I liked the movie. He was wearing a fat suit? Oh, yeah, he, I guess he had like a belly hanging out of his shirt, didn't he, a little bit? Yeah. yeah. I, I've only seen literally the opening parts of that movie and his scene where he's bald and being all weird and creepy. Okay. Yeah. My number two is Austin Powers. Okay. Shag me. And then my number one, I'm right there with Andrew. I laughed my butt off every time, uh, The Nutty Professor. Unfortunately, they take that joke way too far in the sequels, but um, it's, yeah, good stuff. All right. My honorable mention is not a movie, but I don't care. Um, But it was uh, Weird Al as in the, in this movie, music video fat that he did a parody (laughs) off of bad from Michael Jackson. Um, He literally said while in makeup for that, that shoot, he said he lost more weight doing that video than he had in, in, in like any other time because he would literally sit and look at himself go, hmm, I guess I'm not going to eat this brownie. <laughs> uh, so my number three is also Austin Powers with Fat Bastard. Uh, my number two is Tim Allen in The Santa Claus. Okay, yeah. Because we watch that every year for Christmas. And number one 
Robin Williams as Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, did he get? That's right, he did get a fat suit for that, yeah. didn't he? Hello. Oh, oh no! I love that movie. It makes me happy. And Pierce Brosnan's in it, and he almost dies from shrimp. Um, Does he get in a fat suit for that? No, not Pierce Brosnan. Just, just Robin. no. I mean, Robin Williams. Does he? He puts on the lady. No, no, no. no I, when Pierce Brosnan eats the shrimp, mm-hmm. doesn't yeah. he get all? Yeah, he's in. He's still as Mrs. Doubtfire, and he runs over, and then during him doing the Heimlich is when he his his oh his, that's his right. Face it wasn't he was allergic off. to the shrimp. It was well, no, he he was he was, aller- he was allergic to hot stuff anything hot and he puts like a bunch of cayenne pepper on it or something well that's Robin Williams right. does yeah even has the girl from Matilda and I think Jonathan Brandis is in that isn't he the middle kid I can't remember anyway it's not the point the point is is that we now play this wait what's supposed to happen uh, this is where you guys tell me out of 10 what do you guys think of this movie Andrew well I don't think that it was as bad as some of the things we've watched but it wasn't great by any means. Uh, so it's going to slide in somewhere above Poltergeist. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, no, this is, is, I would watch it again just for fun later, you know, 10 years down the road. I'm not going to watch it again tomorrow. Uh, so I'm going to give it maybe a three and a half stars. Okay. That disappear when the ship blows up. All right. You can really tell we've been doing like good, bad, good, bad movies. <laughs> kind of rotating. Like just looking at the scores, we go like last, uh, we go 7.4, 9, 3, 7.3, 3, 8.3. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, I mean. Yeah. All right. Uh, and Sam. All right, I, I'm there with Andrew, I, but I don't think I'd watch this again. I think once is enough for me, so I'm going to give it a good uh, 3.24 out of uh, 10. All right. So in the, in the same, uh, so I'm cheating a little bit because I can see what we ran, what we gave the score for Runaway. And I'm trying she to was think. A runaway. I'm trying to think. Would I rather watch this or Runaway? I probably. You know, like that, that's that's where I am emotionally and spiritually right now. It's like, would I rather watch Runaway and Bad Gene Simmons or this and Bad, whatever? Um, because they both suck. So I think I would rather watch Runaway. So with that being said, I'm gonna skew the score. To a two point uh, something, two point five. Yep, that's good enough. Two point five four. <laughs> that drops it to like one hundredth of a point underneath Runaway. <laughs> so. Awesome. Yeah, I know I cheated. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not supposed to do that, but whatever. I mean, this ranks under movies like Gamer and The Lightest Darkness that we've done yeah. recently. And, oh, uh, really? Under the lightest darkness? Yeah. I would have seen, yeah, see, why did I rank that so high? Well, remember, we there was a lot about that we liked about that movie. We liked that, you know, it was obviously, you know, super low budget and, you know, homemade, basically. It was you yeah, know, a film festival true. kind of movie. So The we, spirit of it was, was good. Yeah, we gave a lot of concessions for that type of thing, knowing what it was going into it, knowing that this was not a studio, that this was... Yeah. You know, a handful of people directed and written by this one person kind of a thing. So we, you know, we did, um, uh, we, we were pretty good on it. I mean, it, it averaged a 4.11 on that. And frankly, that might, uh, and I was the only one that gave it, I gave it a five because for those other reasons. So it's been a while since we've had a real bad film, except obviously the other day. Um, uh, Bird Dimmick, <laughs> he's got a 0.06. I think that's like the last real bad film we've watched. Um, and then before that, we have to go back to Kill Command to get a 1.57. So, so I, I, you know what? I think we're actually doing pretty good. It's been a while since we've watched a real just shit film, you know? Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, we were actually doing pretty good. I mean, seriously, we've, we've done pretty good as much as we all didn't like. Buckaroo Banzai it wasn't the worst thing. So, anyway, 
Um, that's our show. I'm excited to tell you, though, that next week, that, that actually by the time you hear this, it will be October. And, bum, bum, bum. and October means Halloween movies. That's right. Normally, we would put a bunch of them up on our website and have you vote on them. Well, we don't have a website right now. And, and Facebook won't let us do a poll bigger than... Uh, like three or four. And three. Two, I think it was, wasn't it? I don't know. Anyway, the point is, is that we basically just kind of sat down and just... Uh, one of you sent in a suggestion for The Shining, so we will watch all six and a half hours of The Shining. Well, and we always um, try to do a classic, you know, something that's supposed to be a... Yeah, we did the... Not the Omen. We did the... Not the Prophecy. Uh, uh, we did Jaws. What was that movie? The, not the Poltergeist. Oh, my gosh. The Exorcist. Children. Exorcist, yeah. Yeah, we've done The Exorcist, Children of the Corn. I don't think we did that one for Halloween, though. We just no, did that, that was just with the piss-off. That was just to pour corny yeah just to uh, seriously it was stuff. that was literally just to piss off corny because um, <laughs> chad put it on the list um, I mean, let's just be let's just call it what it is because <laughs> we knew it would drive him crazy yeah yeah and it sorry corny i know you won't listen but <laughs> uh so next week we are doing something called mother with an exclamation point uh and i think it's the jennifer lawrence thing and it's supposed to right. be horrible. Um, I heard, I, I know very little about it. 2017 movie, but it's got Jennifer Lawrence and the picture, her, the poster is really kind of creepy. Um, but it's a Darren Aronofsky movie. Um, he's done weird things like Requiem for a Dream and Pie. And uh, Requiem for a Dream gave me nightmares. Also a former boyfriend of Jennifer Really? Lawrence. Oh, that's weird. So anyway, he did Noah. No, he did the Noah movie that we watched that we didn't like. He mm -hmm. did. He did do that movie. So we, this will be our second uh, movie of his that we've done. Because uh, I don't see us doing Black Swan, Sorry. The Wrestler, or The Fountain for, for uh, this podcast. I didn't know he did The Wrestler. That was... Uh... Was it Mickey Rourke? Mm -hmm. or no, who was it the in the wrestler? Yeah, Mickey Rourke. Yeah, look at me. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> and here's That's the funny thing: of, I remember Ricky one out of about three hundred things. <laughs> yeah, you're Shut bound up. to get one right every now and then. Blind, blind nut, and all that stuff, or blind squirrel, not a blind nut, a blind squirrel. Um, what was I gonna say? I don't remember. Well, whatever. Um, Sorry. It's fine. I can't remember what I was going to say at all. Oh, the wrestler. No, my point. I was. I remember him, Mickey Rourke, uh, talking about because when he did Iron Man two, I remember him saying it was nice to actually work on a movie that was a, like a legitimate film because for the wrestler it was such a low budget thing, like <laughs> like he like he you know, like he complained about it the whole time because it was yeah. such a super low budget movie. It was a budget of six million bucks. And then he goes in Iron Man 2, and he's like, oh, yes, I actually get to have craft services in my own trailer. And uh, anyway, so it, it, it's always nice when millionaires complain about their job being hard. Um, anyway. <laughs> and uh, that always bothers me with uh, when actors do that, especially. Yeah. I'm, Let me tell you how, how, what, a, what a hard job is. There, yeah, really. yeah. I get that your job is hard, actors. There are sometimes it's physically hard. I, I get it. And sometimes fairly dangerous. And, you know, like Tom Cruise does some dangerous things. And we all know that there have been deaths on, on film sets, mostly crew, obviously, Brandon. Yeah. Jackie Lee. Chan in the. Uh, well, no, he's not dead. He's, he's alive. No, Brandon Lee in The Crow, not Jackie Chan. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, anyway. But yeah, don't complain about your job. Just that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, so yeah, Mother is what we're doing next week, 2017. Again, I have no memory of this movie at all. I don't know anything about it. Uh, it came out almost a year ago today. Like we're 13 days off or 15 days off or something like that from when it appeared, mm -hmm. and it's already streaming. So that should tell you all you need to know about Mother. Um, mother. Mm. And did win some awards. 
Won a bunch of Razzies, I'm sure. I'm looking to see if it did win any Razzies. Oh, yeah. It was Razzie nominated for Worst Director, Worst Actress, and Worst Supporting Actor, Javier Bardem. Um, which is funny because he was nominated for Dead Men Tell No Tales, not for this movie. That's mm. weird. Um, but then he, but then he's nominated. But then he's, well, that's so weird because, like, okay, you're nominated for Razzie, but then it's nominated as a Saturn Award for Best Horror Film, and and Saturn Awards are, I mean, they're not the Oscars, but I mean, they're kind of prestigious, I guess. I mean, usually, you, yeah, usually you see a lot of. Uh, Serenity and Star Trek and other those types of things are on Saturn stuff. So anyway, whatever. Whatever. We'll do it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think. I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, yeah. So there we go. That's what we're doing next week. Uh, the rest of the list, in case you're curious, I will go ahead and tell you now. Uh, after Mother, we're doing Doom, the video game horror zombie thingy. And then after that, we're doing something called Witch. Sam found this article that said Witch is the best horror film streaming on Netflix that no one's heard about. And so we're going to do The Witch, and then a listener requested that we do The Shining. So we're going to do The Shining as our final for the month. Yep. And then we now, get... of course, listeners, this is all of if these movies are still streaming. Well, Witch we is a Netflix, them. I think, original. Yeah. So it's not yeah. going anywhere. But, but like Shining and... and... All that mess. It yeah. should be there, but it's our always, luck. Yeah, it's um, always subject to change. And that's why we had to do The Exorcist like before October because they always pull it when it gets yeah. to October. Um, so, anyway. You want to watch scary movies. I know. No, it, not it, certainly. Well, but it's probably because the studio that owns it cranks oh, up the... Uh, <laughs> it probably cranks <laughs> up there. Was that Siri? No. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, that's the show. Thanks for listening. Um, we had a lot of fun with this. At least I did. Um, it was a dumb movie, but I, I had fun watching it. And, I, and as always, I enjoy doing this part of the um, show. And that is what, like, closing it down. No, the actual show is what I meant to say. Oh, yeah. I just <laughs> like doing the show um, that <laughs> that we do. Anyway, <laughs> boy, I'm flailing here. Um, Go to facebook.com slash cheap seat reviews is how you can uh, follow us there at cheap seat cast is our Twitter account. Um, you may of course send us emails to cheap reviews at gmail.com. We do. I mean, it does work. Um, you should send them. And again, Twitter. I mean, most of you are contacting us through Twitter, which is fine. I don't care. So send me messages through Twitter. Um, or on Facebook. If you want us to do a movie, especially for Halloween, if you hear this and go, ooh, I think they should really do the uh, Zombievers 2 for Halloween, send us a message in. Or not. I'll, uh, I'll consider it. Um, maybe not. Uh, anyway, that's it. That's our show. I'm so happy that I can go to bed now. I'm just using Um Oh, and Anchor. Check out our Anchor app. Uh, but are you really? No, I'm tired. Uh, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube. Go there. Leave us reviews. It's how other people can find the show, uh, which would be great. Just just do that, please. Just You're sitting here on your phone. You're probably doing chores while you're listening to us. Just pull your phone out. You can do it from your phone. Just leave us a review on iTunes, even if it's just a star thingy. That'd be great. So anyway, on behalf of Andrew Corny, Sam, this is Sean Thing. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Okay, Woo. that's the show.